With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good evening, good evening, and welcome. Good evening, and welcome. Welcome to the podcast. My name is Willie Lawson, and um, we are, uh, it is, it, it, it seems like it just never stops nowadays, does it? So it's just one thing after the other. And, and it just seems, and one day seems crazier than the next. It it is it, it is my advice for a lot of you is to just ignore a lot of stuff. I'm serious, and, and, and because you think you're going to get left behind, you're going to miss out on something. Just just ignore it. Just because a lot of it's really incredibly dumb, incredibly stupid, um, led by and talked about by a lot of people who, like I said in the last cast, um, can't find their ass with both hands, a flashlight, and a team of search dogs. Um, Prager, Prager U, Prager Videos, and if you and if you've not enjoyed Prager Videos, please do. Uh, Dennis Prager is a personality on the Salem Broadcasting Network, and has a series of videos on in on, on actually a wealth of topics from politics to family to religion to economics. It is an incredible wealth of videos. On any number of subjects, it's 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 amazing. As a matter of fact, so you might want to go to PragerU.com and check out the videos. Um, but it's I mean on any number of subjects, not just politics, but the ones on politics and the ones now on on culture now are are just are are just beating the band. He is beating the pants off of the left. With these videos, um, people, all sorts of people, including himself, star in these videos. People like David Rubin, and you know David Rubin is the gay libertarian, right? Uh, you know what? All these kind of different people are are starring in these videos, and the videos are about eight to nine minutes, something like that, or maybe six to eight minutes, something like that. Uh, they've had trouble on YouTube because YouTube has been shadow banning their videos and throttling them back because of their content. Now their content is bad. None of these videos are so in your face and terrible. None of them, none of them speak out. You know what? They don't like we say it on neighborhood. None of them call anybody out out, out of their name. Nobody um, casts aspersions. They just ask really pointed questions that, quite frankly, the left doesn't have answers for. And they present fact and truth over opinion. And and you know, and the left is not really good with fact and truth. Um, over opinion and emotion, so um, they have. I think that um, Prager has been into a number of lawsuits to um, stop YouTube from shadow banning them and throttling back their videos and demonetizing them and making it more and more difficult for them to do. So, this is a video that I thought was incredibly, incredibly um, poignant for me. Uh, and, and it just seems like that, you know, it took 50 years to get back to separate uh, and unequal, but it seems like that's what's happened And when it comes to uh, race relations in America, especially when we start talking about university campuses. Uh, you, 
I think I've already done I've already done a podcast on this, or I've mentioned this on a podcast that Harvard um, had um, this this past year had their first uh, separate graduation for black students. I think they were graduate students, black students, and a separate graduation. Now, can you imagine? Can you imagine if I don't know wherever you are, if they decided wherever you work. You know, we're we're going to have a separate lounge area just for black people. What's that sound like? And especially, you know, it's interesting, if you're from the South, I think you have a different sensibility about said, such things um, than maybe these schools in the North. Um, schools like um, Emory, uh, golly, I forget the name of the little bitty school, um, that are deciding to have different graduations one of them is having, I mean, p- people are starting to have uh, what they're calling lavender graduations. Lavender graduations are graduations that are just for people who are transgender, gay, LGBTQ, AII, PPQ, LMLP. Um, so this whole idea that the left is about bringing people together and, and you know what, and, and, and ending the hate and and, and doing stuff, you know what, as a unit, and it's just nonsense because what the left is really good at and getting better at is what the left always does. What the left always does is to make sure that we are as segregated as possible because the left looks at everything through groups. It looks at everything through groups. Voting blocks. Everything. And, and and the left's um, power and importance on university campuses is starting for that to happen. I can't even imagine if I, when I was at Florida State University in, back in 1981-82, if um, the university would have decided to have a separate graduation for black people, which means they're having a separate graduation for white people. I can't even imagine. All hell would have broken loose on campus. Nobody including the white students, nobody would have stood for it. As a matter of fact, that both both graduations that particular semester would have been empty because people wouldn't have came. People wouldn't have come. They Because you don't have to participate in the graduation ceremony. People would just not have come in protest. Are you kidding me? And now this is, again, on this Prager uh, video, uh, they're interviewing these, and I'm going to say it this way, these white students white female students, um, not all of them are female, but all of them are white, um, about um, separate graduations, even separate um, living facilities. Now, when I did go to Florida State, the Graf Hall was what they call an interest hall, um, and it was predominantly black. Where I lived at Sally Hall was not only not predominantly black, it was racially mixed and it was also a co-ed dorm. This is back in 1980, 81. So we, I don't know whether we were ahead of the curve and all these kind of things, or we were right in it or right on the cusp, I'm not sure, but this is how we did it. In every other dorm on campus, other than the graph, was racially balanced. Now, there was another interest, special interest um, dorm on campus. Uh, there were a couple, actually. Dorman 
was an all-girls dorm. And so was Gilchrist was an all-girls dorm. I'm thinking one more was an all-girls dorm. Um, Jenny Murphy was all-girls. Um, the rest of the dorms were... Um, there were a couple of all-boys dorms, and I think uh, Broward, which was a music dorm, um, for all that, that was all guys. Um, there was... Uh, let's see, one dorm that was basically all freshmen. Landis was all freshmen. I know these names don't mean anything to you, but they help me remember that there were some special interest dorms. There were some interest dorms on campus, but they, most of them were segregated by, not by race, but by gender. Yes, gender. Yes, and as far as any of us knew back in 1981 on this on the campus of Fourth University, there were only two genders. So there were girl dorms and boy dorms. And if there were there were if there were homosexuals living, uh, if there were lesbians, they were in the girl dorms, or they were in the co-ed dorms. And if there were gay boys, they were in the all boys dorms, or they were in the the co-ed dorms. My first roommate. At Florida State was a guy named Elvis, and I forget Elvis's last name because when you have a black guy named Elvis, it's kind of you know you, you don't meet many of them, and I've met two, which is kind of amazing. Um, in any case, Elvis was gay, and my roommates, my sweetmates, knew that, and I sort of found out because because Elvis told me, and I was like, mm, okay, you know, I don't I know I don't know what that means for me. Because uh, I'm not gay, and um, and as long as everybody was cool, then things would be all right. There was only one time that it was a problem. Um, I came home a little early one afternoon. Dot dot dot. So, but um, this idea now that these universities, these major universities, are slipping back in the time and promoting segre- what amounts to segregation. Now, they hold some of these civil rights leaders in great esteem, but these civil rights leaders, for the most part, were fighting segregation. And these people, these new liberal, progressive blacks and whites at these universities are promoting segregation, are promoting it, are suggesting it, and demanding it in in certain circumstances. This is absolutely exasperating. Absolutely exasperating. You know what? It's it's funny. I was um I was on a program here in Hillsborough County where I live in in, in, in Florida, and this this lady uh, was on and she was bragging about that she was one of the first educator educators in this area to push for integration of schools here in Hillsborough County, and she was very very proud of it and. Uh, I did mention that what what has been the benefit of integration to the black community in all the times that we've had it. But I would never suggest that we have, that we go back to Jim Crow and segregation because Jim Crow, I don't know if these people at, at, at Harvard realize it, or Columbia realized it, that Jim Crow, the Jim Crow laws that they like to paint President Trump with and other Republicans with were 
purely about segregation. That's what Jim Crow was about. Jim Crow wasn't about, well, we just don't like black people. No, Jim Crow was about making sure that there was no race mixing, that there was um, that that the races were separate in in facilities and governments and schools, um, that there was no race mixing, that that there was a place for black people and there was a place for white people, and that was pretty much what Jim Crow was all about. And so, when you decide that it is a good idea to have a separate graduation for white kids and black kids at, at major universities around the country, you are promoting segregation. So you are promoting the new Jim Crow laws. It's taken 50 plus years to get right back where Rosa Parks started. It's, give, it's taken 55 years to get right back where Dr. Martin Luther King started. It's taken 50 plus years to get right back to where all the civil rights leaders of the six, of the 50s and 60s started. It's taken less than a generation for these dumbass people to destroy the work, the life's work, of some of the most amazing people who ever walked the streets of this country. Absolutely disheartening. Absolutely amazing. Absolutely disheartening. We are right back, literally right back where we started with some of these people. Where the um, the Prager guy is interviewing these girls, and they're saying, "Well, you know what? If I think that that's a good idea, how about safe? About black? About safe spaces for exclusively black people, where white people aren't allowed? This is the white girl. Yeah, I think that that's a good. That's probably yeah. And she says this like so matter of fact, like yeah, of course, well, sure, sure, you'd have places on campus where only black people were allowed. allowed. Certainly you would, because that's a great idea. That, that's what really brings people together and, and fosters love and peace and understanding, separatism. That's what that does. You know, it makes you want to get in their face and go, you're a dumbass, aren't you? Yeah, I'm, I'm not above name-calling. Did you notice? <laughs> I am not above name-calling. So it, it is absolutely freaking amazing. That it's taken, again, 50 years, 55 years to get back to separate and unequal. Again, destroying all the work, in some cases, of the people who, who put their lives on the line, both black and white, to fight segregation, especially in the South and in other areas around the country. Now, I must... I must give you give you part of the, part of the story that you probably a lot of you if you're younger you've not heard. Um, yes, there were some troubles in the South when segregation took hold in the mid '60s. But I tell you what, uh, the South and almost everybody who has a half a brain in their head will agree with me that the South pretty much handles those handle those kind of things a lot quicker and came to an equilibrium a lot quicker than those in the North. It just seems that, that those in the North, especially in the Northeast, never, ever got good at that racial equilibrium, where people were. They still, for, I mean, they still th- say things about living in the Polish part of town, or the Spanish part of town, or the Puerto Rican part of town, or the black part of town, or the Jewish part of town, where, where you just don't have that level of segregation anymore in the South. 
what you have more in the South is a segregation based on economics. That's becoming more, and that's becoming more and more the truth. Where you have the the segregation based on on economics, people live where they can afford to live. That's what you're getting more and more of. Um, so, we, but when we send our kids to to university, when we get that grant or or that loan that we, that we'll never be able to pay back, and send our kids to university, the last thing that we think that we're going to have that when we go to go to their graduation in two years or four years or six years or whatever, that, that they'll be going to an all-white graduation or an all-black I mean, graduation. A lot of us who are in our 50s, we, you know what, as young kids, we were the ones who were at the tip of the spear in, those, in, in that grand social experiment and would have never thought that, the, that those in the ivory towers would sell us all out and make our experiences null and void by promoting by promoting this separatism and the segregation it it is absolutely again it's extremely disheartening i just can't imagine why i just can't imagine um and, you know because what they don't what these morons don't get is that it is a short step then if you are going to be okay with separating on college campuses, you're going to be okay with celebrating in the workplace. I mean, separating in the workplace. You're going to be okay with with separating at churches. You're going to be okay with separating everywhere else. Why? Because you've already done it. The concept is that it's okay to be separate. It's okay to segregate. It's okay to segregate by race. It's okay to segregate by 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 sexual um, predilection. It's okay to separate. And if they think that, 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 that this is as far as it will go, it never is. It's going to be okay to separate by gender. It's okay. If, if you want to separate people who are transgender and gay and LGBTQRAIIPPOOLMNOPQRSTUV, um, that if you want to separate people out and have lavender graduations, um, if you want to have lavender safe spaces at work, if you want to have lavender safe spaces um, in colleges and universities, what you're going to have is a lavender world and everybody else. If you're going to have safe spaces for black people um, in colleges and universities and, 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 and housing based on just being black or just being white, you're going to have a lot of that where you live because it's going to pour out. It always does. It already has. The amount of integration that, that we saw in schools is starting to happen in our lives everywhere we go. It pours out and this crap will pour out into our community, in our, into our lives. And I, I'm not sure if any of these people, because they are so, and we are just as a, as a generation, just as a people, so incredibly short-sighted that we just don't see, we just refuse to see what we are planting, what, what seeds we're putting in the ground. And the, and the interviewer from Prager didn't, didn't push any of these people on their points. Didn't ask them if, if, if it was a good idea long term, if it's something that they wanted their kids to be involved, or how would they feel? Hmm. So, that's what we're here to do. That's what you and I are here to do. We're here to push the question, to ask the next question. Are we okay in the workplace where you work now? 
if there was a lounge where only black people could go. If you're a black, if there was a whites only lounge, if you're straight, if there was a gays only lounge, only gays, only transgender, it was, it was the lavender lounge. Nobody was allowed to go in there unless you were part of the LGBTQAAPIB um, community. Would you feel like that's a good idea? Would you feel do you feel like that's a good idea to divide people up at work by their sexual predilection? Do you? Do you think that that would that that would institute a good workplace environment? Then why do you think it's okay at a college or university to have separate graduations, to have separate housing arrangements, to have separate um, places where you, they have all black safe spaces where no white people are allowed to be? Or, 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 or why not go to all Indian safe spaces or all Japanese or Chinese or Asian safe spaces because those kids, those particular students have a whole set of circumstances that they're dealing with and they feel like they may be threatened by, by white people or Americans. Or why not? I mean, are you going to be okay with all Muslim safe spaces? Because Muslims feel like they are, are, are oppressed and people are coming after them and they can't, they can't really trust Americans. So if you're not Muslim, then you cannot come into this place. Do you, want, do you want to pay for that? Do you think that's okay on a college campus? Because I know damn well you don't think it's okay if Christians do it. You, think, you don't think that there should be a Christian safe space. You're you you you're damn sure that uh, there shouldn't be an all-male safe space where women aren't allowed. You most certainly are are sure that there shouldn't be a place where only white people can go. Are you? Of course they're not. And this is the question, this is the next set of questions to be asked. If you're okay with an all-black graduation, if people want to participate in all-black graduation, what if somebody wants to participate in an all-white graduation? Well, no, because that's just racist and that's wrong, right? But if you're going to be a person of thought, if you're going to be a thinking person, that is the very same thing. Now, it may come from different places, but as it turns out, it's the very same thing. So are you sure you want that? Are you sure that you want that, that you want all black graduations, that you want that you want residence halls that are all black, that you want safe spaces that are all black, that you want um, graduations that are lavender graduations that are only gay and lesbian and transgender graduations. Are you sure you want that? Are you sure? My guess is that most people who are are calling for that, again, on college campuses can't find their, their butt with both hands of flashlight and a team of search dogs, so they don't know what the hell they want. They're just spouting the same crap that their professors spout. They're just spouting the same crap that people like Nancy Pelosi and... Um, uh, and and some of these other people, Beto O'Rourke and Alexandria Ocasio Cortez and Bernie Sanders and some of these other idiots continue to spout that doesn't have any basis in truth, reality, or common damn sense. We have got to address these people and address them directly. And it's okay. You are going to hurt their feelings. They're going to call you a name, but that's okay. 
It's fine. Let them call your name. It's not that big big a deal. You're a big boy. You're a big girl. You'll you'll live through it. But it seems crazy, and we and we need to talk to our black people. And it seems crazy that um, it's taken fifty five years to get back, all the way back to separate. You know, it's interesting. Um, Prager in the, in the video goes out um, to a surrounding community that's basically an all black community, and asks people in the street if they're okay with this, and almost none of them are. None of them are okay with it. So, so when we tell you that that the echo chamber of some of the stuff that's going on on university campuses is going on on university campuses, you better damn well believe it. And that is not what people want. This is not the, you know, it, it, it's not exactly what people are looking for. It isn't. All you have to do is go right outside of college campuses and ask people. You know, we got. I got to finish up here in a minute. So let me tell you a story. I was talking to somebody I teach with a young white, a, a young white man, who teaches across the hall from me. Teaches bass and guitar. A really good bass player, super bass player, and a cello player. Fine, fine. I mean, a fine musician. Um, and we have some friends in common. So we have something. We have something to talk about. And I basically told him one afternoon, "Do me, do me a favor." And he said, "What?" Stop feeling guilty for being white. Stop with all of the white privilege crap. Which which he looked at me kind of weird because I'm considerably older than he is. Uh, I guess that Tom is probably in his late 20s, early 30s, and I'm 58, damn near 60. And he was like, Phew. Thanks, man. I said, yeah, I'm, I'm personally giving you, I, and we're joking a little bit, but I wasn't really joking that much. I said, I'm personally giving you absolution of all the crimes your forefathers ever committed. You are no longer to carry those crimes. As a matter of fact, it is disrespectful for you to, to apologize for something that you didn't do. Because that's the ultimate in white privilege that you think you, you can apologize for something that you didn't do to somebody that you didn't do it to, and now you're good. How? You're apologizing for something you didn't do to somebody you didn't do it to. So you're apologizing. So now that you you really have the ability, the power, the privilege to apologize, yeah, sit down, shut up, sit over there. Just do me a favor. Get the hell up out of my way. That's all I'm asking you to do. That's all I need you to do. It's not encumbering me. Not be a weight, you know, on me. Stop trying to help me. Please be quiet. Stop speaking on my behalf. I am perfectly okay with speaking on my behalf. On my own behalf. I've talked to you people right now on this podcast for almost 30 minutes straight all by myself with no guests, no callers. I am perfectly okay for speaking. Uh, perfectly okay um, with speaking for myself. I don't need your help. Thank you very much. I don't need your advocacy. I don't need any of that crap. I don't need your reparations. I don't need anything from you. I just need you to shut up and get the hell out of my way. That's all I need you to do. Now, if you'll do that right now, that will be really, really good. That would be very, very good. That would be the best thing you can do. And, he, and he, it's funny, we laughed a little bit, but he seemed relief because he was in that, he's in that age group, but he didn't really just know what to do. And then, he, and then he said to me, well, there seems to be, you know what, there is you know, a, you know, the, you know, a lot of division. And I'm thinking, where's the division? Where's the, where is the division? Where is it? I said, Tom, look at your friends group. Look at 
the people that you hang out with, the people that you make music with. L- look at that group. Is that a diverse group? And he was like, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Of course it is, because a lot of what these people are saying is not true. A lot of the, the division they keep talking about isn't there. And if there is division, if there is uh, a group of white people, it's, be, it's usually just because and only because of proximity. It's where you live. It's where you grew up. And, and, and if you have a lot of friends from where you grew up and most of those friends are white, then that's what you're going to have more white friends than black friends. If you grew up in a place like me, you're a place like me, you're probably going to have more black friends than white friends. That's kind of how it is. Because of proximity, because of, ge- I mean, because of geography. And it, and it doesn't mean anything more than that. So he, so he was, he, he was, it was funny because he was like, yeah, man, I, I don't know if anybody ever, you know, nobody ever says that kind of stuff. And I said, well, you know what? You got, you got blessed today because you teach across the hall from me. And I've been, and I think about these things and I've been thinking about these things and I'm really wanting to live in a much different world. um, That's not so divided up by what we look like. I don't want to live in a world that, um, like this Star Trek, you know, what episode where the guy was black on one side and the other guy was white on the other side, and they were mortal enemies, and that was why they were mortal enemies. Seems dumb. It seems dumb to categorize ourselves um, from a tenth of an inch of skin, and that will somehow make the difference. I'm not colorblind, and I, and I don't want you to say you're colorblind. God, I hate that damn phrase because you're not colorblind. It's that you see color, and then you don't, and then it's what you act, how you act, where, how you act on it. That's the important part. It isn't important that you that you notice that I was a 58 year old black man. That's not the important part. You can notice that if you want to. I don't care. That means you've seen me. It's what you do after you notice. That I'm more concerned with. <sighs> All right, folks, we got to get out of here and make room for somebody else. My name is Willie Lawson. Again, welcome to the podcast. Please send me an email at wls860 at gmail.com and let me know where you heard the podcast. That's, that's wls860 at gmail.com. Let me know where you heard the podcast, whether you heard it on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, Blog Talk Radio, Stitcher. Wherever you heard the podcast, I'd love to anchor. I'd love to know. Anyway, we got to get out of here and make room for somebody else. So until we see you again, go out there and learn something, love somebody, and for goodness sakes, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart, take care of yourself. We will see you when we see you. Bye-bye now. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.